Hello and welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Community Church. I'm joined today by Kendra and Tessa, who are both on staff here at Northview. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Kendra Gerbrandt. I'm one of the pastoral interns here at Northview. I'm Tessa Sperling, and I do admin work for the young adults and for Apologetics Canada. There we go. So we've got two We've got kind of an age spread of us mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm in my 40s. Kendra's in her 30s. Yep. And Tessa's in her 20s. Yeah. And it's Tessa's birthday today. Today. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we won't tell you how old she is. You can ask her that directly. <laughs> we wanted to talk today about the topic of moving out, uh, becoming independent adults, moving out of mm-hmm. your parents' home. Uh, the reason I thought I'd invite Kendra and Tessa to be part of this conversation is because we had some interesting conversations in our home over Christmas. My daughter, Jessica, uh, who was in one of the podcasts recently, is in her second year of college, and she's contemplating what to do after this. And so her options are to either move in with a friend somewhere else um, in an apartment, to move back home and live just in her bedroom, or in to... Her childhood bedroom. In her childhood bedroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or to move back home, and we have an empty basement suite right now. And then the question was, so if I would move into the basement suite, would I lock the door like mm. so that the upstairs and downstairs would be separate or would I keep it open? Like, what are those yeah. appropriate things? We were talking where are to, the boundaries? Where are those boundaries? <laughs> and so I thought, well, this is an interesting discussion. And I'm sure lots of people in my stage of life are having it. And also mm. young adults are having it. So I thought we would uh, engage in that on the podcast. What are the you know, kind of different options available and how do we navigate what's the best option for us? And then how do we work through that with our parents and with and as parents with our kids. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd talk first of all about kind of what are the extremes that you guys see in your age group with your friends? What's the range of kind of experiences that people have with this idea of moving out? Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, a lot of people my age are students. So um, uh, like the decisions are sometimes made just strictly based off of finances. So um, they often need to stay at home and sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But other people would way rather scrape their pennies together and live under their own roof or live on campus rather than stay with their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's also just family dynamic circumstances. Mm -hmm. So um, I have some friends in their early 30s who just absolutely adore their families and they tried to move out and they just felt, I'm so isolated. I'm so alone. I'm cut off from the people I love. And so they moved back home <laughs> into their childhood bedroom and are independent, have careers, and but just love being in their home. And so that's been an, an influence in their decision. And then I have other friends um, and even relatives who just have had really difficult dynamics um, in, in their home life with their parents. And so um, as quick as they could, they moved out and it's just been a better, healthier situation for them to move Mm. out and so regardless of the financial strain it was just an emotionally um, motivated decision Mm -hmm. for them yeah so So we have people that are like 17 or 18 just graduating from high school but making it on their own because it's a better spot for them sometimes they're lonely in the midst of that but they feel like being with their family isn't great and then we have people in their 30s that might be living at home and so within the young adult group that you work with tessa like that's a huge probably like a lot of different experiences that people have right yeah i mean you, everyone kind of has a different story, but there's a wide range for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when we 
talk about this topic, we're going to try and kind of talk through biblical principles, but there's not really a biblical prescription for this, because if you look at the cultural kind of biblical times, basically like Genesis 1 or 2, 23 to 24 talks about people, um, it says, this is Adam saying, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And then the narrator intercedes in the Genesis um, kind of discourse saying, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Kind of justifying the reason why someone would leave one family for another family is marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily the cultural experience that we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. People will leave for other reasons, not just yeah. the marriage reason. And so we don't have necessarily biblical prescription as to how this should work or why it should work. Um, But we want to talk through different principles that we want to keep in Mm. mind as we decide, Mm. you know, whether it's best for us to live with our parents, live on our own, all these different things. So Mm -hmm. before we get into that, I thought we'd just hear a little bit from each of you. What was your process of moving away from home? What did it look like? Were there different stages in that process? So quickly give us an update of what your life was like. Yeah. So when I moved out of home, I was 18 years old. And I moved um, in three months, I made a decision to move to Switzerland. And then three months later, I was on a plane to Switzerland. So my process of leaving for home was very, leaving away from home was very adventure based. It was, oh, I bought this ticket for this flight. And so let's pack the suitcases and off I go. Um, So a lot of my kind of stages of dealing with that and thinking through that happened while I was living in Switzerland for a year. Then I ended up moving back home. Uh, for about six years. And then I moved out again. Um, That's been... As a um, more permanent... As a permanent. Yeah, I haven't moved back since I moved out that time. Um, So, but that was more of a slow process. It was, I was kind of nesting over the year, collecting different things from thrift stores so that when I eventually move out on my own, I would have a dishcloth and I would have (laughs) a spoon. And so... Pots and pans from your parents' cupboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, $5 pans from MCC. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a slower process. So my parents were quite involved in the pros and cons list of when should I move out and why should I move out? I probably bored them to tears with my (laughs) deliberation, but yeah. Yeah. Those are my two stages of moving out. How about you, Tessa? Yeah. um, Something similar. So I moved out when I was 20 and I moved to England to be an au pair. Um, So that was more of a six month process, I think. Um, So there's plenty of time to kind of think about it and, you know, get the visa and the plane tickets and all that. Um, But it still felt quick and having to say goodbye to people. And uh, it was very hard for my parents because none of my other siblings have ever moved away. Um, Mm. So it was especially hard for my mom. So there was a lot of ups and downs in that. Um, But I was set in my decision. And yeah, so I, I lived in England for two years. And then I came back only because my visa said I had to. <laughs> you would have stayed otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I would have. But I'm thankful now for the Lord's perfect timing. But um, mm. yeah, it was with much reluctance. Uh, and I moved back and I'm now living in my parents' basement suite, which was kind of a, a practical decision for me um, because I was hearing that it was hard to find places to rent and they were going to give me and my roommate a deal. So that's a huge blessing. Um, and it's worked out. But I, yeah, it was... It took a while to come to that decision, and I was worried about the boundaries and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been really positive so far. Huh. Mm-hmm. So both of you kind of had that initial kind of moving back after moving away. Mm-hmm. What were some of the challenges of that, or even wa- walking through that decision, like whether you'd move into your parents' basement suite? What are the what were the challenges surrounding coming back? Yeah, well. Um, I remember my mom had wanted me to live in the basement suite before I moved to England, but I was very, um, I did not entertain that idea because I thought I'm so ready to move out of my parents' house. And 
moving into their basement suite just didn't feel like enough for me. Enough separation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was at that point where I was really ready to be on my own. Um, but after two years and after like lots of distance, um, I felt that I could, I could do that. And so, yeah, I had to, I talked with my parents a lot before coming home and I just made it very clear that I needed boundaries and um, needed them to respect my space and that I also would do the same for them. And yeah, they, at this point, they had also had two years away from me. And so they wanted their space as well. Mm. Um, Mm. So yeah, we just kind of had to lay it out and it's been really good. There are some challenges and like, yeah, after living my own life for two years and now they can see my coming and going and not that they're micromanaging me anymore, but even just Mm. sometimes their curiosity or their parent hearts um, (laughs) want to know what's going Mm -hmm. on. And so sometimes those, there can be some challenges there, but for the most part, um, yeah, we kind of respect the space and the, Mm. and uh, be intentional about spending time together when we can. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, when I moved back home, somehow in my mind, I just thought I'm just going back home. And so it's just going to be normal. My brothers were still in high school. And so we would just do family life again. But I don't think I had realized or my parents had realized that the year that I had lived abroad and did everything in a totally foreign culture, foreign language, um, that I was much more of an adult um, at 19 years old um, than any of us expected, I think. And so for the first six months, uh, we didn't really entertain the idea of boundaries, but they were needed. (laughs) And so we had some struggles and some tension those first six months um, I felt pretty squashed with the questions of where are you going? What are you doing? And I felt like they were like my parents were like checking in on me and kind of restraining my independence, even though I don't think they meant that. And I don't think maybe I should have taken it that way. I did feel that because for a year, no one asked me where I was mm-hmm. going or what time I'd be home. And so um, I think, though, the proximity of um, being in the same building with them, they're just more aware of what you're doing rather than halfway across the world in email, this is what I did. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that I didn't want them to know, but they just had so many more opportunities to see what I was maybe doing. And they were just interested to know what is it that you are doing? So um, that was really, those six months were really uh, kind of tense, but Mm -hmm. also I think they were just figuring out what an adult child looks like. And I was figuring out how to be an adult child with my adult parents in the same place. And so we did get to a point of good boundary setting and um, the next kind of six years I lived at home were actually very peace filled. And and it was just I was really, really glad to be there. It was hard to move back out again. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it was been interesting because like my experience has been kind of this back and forth thing with both my kids and that they've been away at school and come back. And like for Clayton, our oldest, every summer he came back, you could tell it was just a little bit trickier yeah. mm-hmm. just because he just got that much more independent. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying as parents to figure out how do we explain or show interest and yet not control. And yet mm-hmm. we kind of need to know how many steaks to barbecue for supper. Yeah, so we kind of totally. need to know if he's going to be home and yet you don't want to be, yeah, that kind of interfering or micromanaging or, yeah. you know, kind of keeping track on everyone's schedule, but it's the pract- weighing the practicalities of that mm-hmm. can yeah. get tricky. Yeah. It's interesting too having moved away like however far it is and then you kind of as the child you reinsert yourself back into that context that you were in before and it's kind of then that you notice how different you are and it's a lot of figuring out like how to find a new normal because you've changed and even if it's not so obvious on the outside like your family has changed life has continued on so yeah it's a little bit uncomfortable for a while well and even things like meal times like for a year I was totally independent totally. did all my own meals but now I'm living at home 
I'm not going to not eat the food that's that mm-hmm. mom made, but I also kind of missed cooking, but but mom cooked. And so like just those like simple yeah. roles and like, okay, like I have to figure out how to fit back into this routine, which isn't a bad routine, mm. but it wasn't my routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's in general, whenever you, that's where you notice um, change in yourself is when you're reinserted back, in, like you said, mm-hmm. into a situation that was, that you're in previously and you realize you're different. Like I think for people that go on missions trips and mm-hmm. stuff, they go out in the mission field and they adjust to the new thing and then they come back and it's when they come mm-hmm. back that you have more culture shock often, right? Because mm-hmm. you're like yeah. in a, the same culture, but with different eyes, totally. different, so I think that's a normal thing for us mm-hmm. to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So scripture tells us all over the place that we're supposed to honor our father and mother. This is something mm-hmm. that comes up in the Old Testament, the New Testament, that kind of just general command. So what would it look, what did it look for you to honor or what does it look like for you to honor your father and your mother as you were kind of in that process of deciding whether or not to move out? And then mm-hmm. we'll talk about what does it look like now, but in mm-hmm. that process of deciding what, what do you think it looked like? Yeah. Looking back, um, I guess that decision-making process was kind of, kind of tense for me and my parents. And yeah, I, we probably both could have done a better job of handling it. I was very, like, as I said, ready to move out and really excited to go travel and have a new independent experience. And so I was very set in my decision, but it was really quite hard for my parents. And so we kind of butted heads a lot. And while we could, sympathize with where the other person was coming from we were almost just too stubborn like Mm. I was like you know it's my own life I'm I can go do what I want I can I'm an adult now I can move out um but at the same time I could have been more gracious and patient with how hard it was for my parents and Mm. you know they were wanting to cling to me because I'm the first kid to move away and um they were a little bit reluctant and and not so supportive at times, but I understand that because they've raised me and, you know, they, yeah. they've sacrificed they love you. for me and they love <laughs> yeah. me. So that was hard, but they probably could have been a bit more gracious and, um, just let me mm. kind of take off Spread and, your wings yeah. and fly a little. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was a bit tough mm. mm-hmm. because my decision uh, to move out when I was 18 was so kind of quick my parents were quite on board with with me having an adventure which I look back and I'm like I wouldn't let any 18 year old do what I did <laughs> with the knowledge oh, that I had God. like I was oh, like word. crazy you will have to someday but, maybe. <laughs> I know that's so scary yeah. <laughs> but I think um yeah they were really supportive but I think some of the honoring my parents from living abroad um was just being intentional about being in communication with them and I didn't necessarily feel a need to um, let them know what I was doing, but I knew that they needed to know what I was doing. And so I would have uh, very frequent updates that I would send them and I would sometimes rearrange my schedule to make sure that the time zone would make sense for both of us to, to have calls back home. And so that was really important, I think, way of honoring them because it was really important to my mom, maybe important to me, but less less important, less necessary for me. Um, and then some big like life decisions happened out in Switzerland and I decided to get baptized, but also knowing that that was really important to my family. So calling home and asking them, like, are you okay with this? Because if they weren't okay, um, I hadn't... If, dis- them, if you're getting baptized without getting, them seeing? Yes, yeah, without, without them, them witnessing it. Yeah. part of it with mm-hmm. me. So I'd be part of my church family out there, but yeah. not part of my kind of blood family. And so that would be really sad for my parents to miss that. 
Um, and I wanted to honor them in the midst of that. Waiting a year to get baptized, I don't think would have been the end of the world. But yeah, I hadn't decided what I would do without talking to my parents first, but my heart was to be baptized. And so I think that was a way of honoring them, just bringing them into that decision-making and saying, I'm wanting your thoughts and wanting your advice. And yeah, and let's, let's talk about this, open that conversation together. Yeah. Yeah. I think being intentional is a huge thing. It mm-hmm. was when I was living in England and it still is now just, yeah, realizing that I'm still their child and they're still my parents. And so yeah, I would, from England, I would update them a lot and check in on their lives as well, because mm. I didn't just want it to be a one-way street of, listen to all these adventures I've had. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even now I'm pretty busy. And so I have to be intentional about even just a text like, hey, I need prayer for this. Or what do you need prayer for? Or, How's mm. your day going? Or, you know, can I come upstairs and see you for a little bit? And mm. even even if it sometimes feels inconvenient or it's like takes a little bit more effort or whatever, Um think it's really important for both of us to mm. yeah still be present in each other's lives yeah show sure that you want to invest mm-hmm. yeah so do you have any kind of routine like a regular get together time I don't have a routine my yeah my schedule's pretty busy so it's more of a whenever it works um obviously it's pretty easy because I get to just walk upstairs um yeah. you know that's awesome. so that's fun but yeah it's um we kind of just make it make it work whenever we can find time yeah yeah how about you do you have any Kendra, do you have any kind of like Sunday at four? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, I used to have a pretty good routine when I worked shift work. I would always go over um, on my second night shift for dinner. And okay. so that was kind of like minimum then every nine days I would ha- I would have dinner with my parents. And so that was that was a good rhythm. But now it's just kind of more spontaneous spur of the moment. Um, but we don't live too far. And so mm. it's it's easy for us to get together at least every once every two weeks, sometimes every week. We see each other at church and yeah. yeah, 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 it's good. I think one way now that I've kind of lived on my own for a bunch of years is still, I still ask for advice. I'm mm. not always mm-hmm. um, committed to take their advice, but I still value my parents' input. They're both honorable people. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate the wisdom that they have from yeah. life. And so I think that that's still, as an independent adult, an honoring thing for my parents. For sure. Yeah. Um, for me just to be curious about what their opinion is. And uh, we pray through decisions together. Mm. Um, and another thing is my mom and dad host a lot of our extended family gatherings. So while it's not my house, I still feel they're my family. Mm. And so I often come early and help mom cook and mm. clean. And I stay late and help her, even though I don't live there. I feel like that's a way to honor her in her um, way of serving the extended family. So that's been important for me yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for a lot of young adults, it can be easy for us to get caught up in our own lives, even, you know, whether it's just a busy schedule. But I think we have a a natural tendency to be a little bit Mm self-centered and everything revolves around me. So it's good to take a step back and like, um, yeah, just appreciate your parents and and let them know that you appreciate them. Mm -hmm. Something I try to do is if I just have a spare moment and I think on something that they've done or some way they've helped, they've helped me or now my parents are grandparents. So I just sent mm. them a text yesterday and said, you guys are doing such a good job or things like that. Or mm, yeah. when I nannied in England, I would text my mom and I'd say, Hey, I did this thing with the girls today. You know, we had a tea party today and I, I had that idea because you did that with us when we were kids or just mm. ways that I want to remember them. And yeah, even if, so it's just kind of taking a step outside of myself for a minute. Um, yeah. Which I think is 
um, it doesn't always come natural to me, but it's a good practice. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't and, think it comes natural to any of us. <laughs> and it's a good practice for all yeah, of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully as we mature as adults, though, we become in our relationship with our parents less consumer based mm-hmm. and more mutual based where we serve them and they serve us. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the goal, I think, to strive for. And of course, every family dynamic is different. But as kids, as little kids, you just consume from your parents. Like yeah. They serve you. Like even Christmas, I was thinking mom and dad made Christmas happen when we were little. Mm. But now like me and my brothers were adults and we kind of do Christmas all together. We all have different responsibilities in that. And so I think that that's a healthy look of, of maturity as you become adult children living with your alongside yeah. your adult parents, mm-hmm. whether you live together or live separate. Yeah. Yeah. So how has living separately impacted your relationship? Has it been positive or negative to, it sounds like positive, but like in, in what way has it been made it pos- been positive? Yeah, it's been super positive for me. I think the distance was very um, good and healing because yeah, when I, before I moved out, I was feeling the tension just kind of increase mm-hmm. and um, we, I was getting impatient with my parents and they were getting impatient with me and and we were just more nitpicky with each other and because I'm an adult now, but I'm still living under their roof. And we've been together for so long that we just know all of our negative quirks aspects. And, yeah. and um, it just, we weren't having a lot of grace for each other. And it felt like, yeah, it felt like my time was up kind of there. So um, now that distance has allowed me to step back and realize why they work the way they do and have more grace and patience for them, but also um, they it goes both ways. So they understand me a bit more and we can just kind of mm-hmm. uh, exist better together because, yeah, because we've had that distance and that time to yeah. appreciate each other and remember why we love each other, not just see all these like annoying things that mm-hmm. we hang on to. Yeah, I think for me, it's helped me to see uh, my mom and my dad not as the parental unit, yeah. but to see them as people, um, people mm-hmm. as individual people with, with strengths and qualities. And it's helped me um, grow my admiration of them as individuals. And so that's been really neat. Like I think, especially in the last several years, I've just really learned to admire my parents, mm-hmm. probably because I can see them at a little bit more of a distance. Yeah. And so that's been really neat. But I was talking to a friend of mine, a coworker at the hospital. Um, I'm, I'm a casual RN at the Abbotsford Hospital here. And she is in her late 20s and she still lives at home she's east indian and she just cannot understand why in the world i would want to live like seven minutes down the road from my parents all by myself (laughs) like she's that's craziness to her and for us it's kind of the opposite it's craziness to kind of be in your late 20s early 30s and still be living in the home with your parents and i just think maybe some of our um lack of tolerance for our for our people that we live really close with is it just that we expect that we should kind of spread our wings and be mm. independent and free? Um, but spreading my wings and being independent has afforded me the opportunity to see my parents, um, yeah, in, in a better light, I think, mm-hmm. than when I was always butting shoulders with them. Yeah. Makes but yeah, sense. it's interesting that cultural kind of norm that you expect, yeah. okay, this is the way it should be. I don't yeah. know how entrenched I am in that all the time. Mm. Yeah. So I think those are good words for young adults. What would be our good words for parents? Um, when we think of Colossians 3.21, it talks about mm. fathers specifically, but I think this goes for mothers too. Do not exasperate your children or do not embitter your children. So what are ways that you see that you maybe like to speak to parents saying like, these are ways that young adults kind of feel exasperated or embittered by parents? Hmm. Yeah, I think one um, is just the insistence that things have to be that they were 
the way as you were growing up. Like parents have a lot of control and, and direction and guidance to lead their kids as they're young and as they're growing up. But as they become independent adults, whether they live with you or not, they are going to shape their own views of the world and they might be opposite to yours. And is there room for that, for that growing of their own perspective and their own choices? And um, yeah, I think um, I've seen, I've seen people who live at home and constantly every turn, their parents are saying, you should do it this way or that way. Or um, why are you doing it like that? And it's just, there's no space for them to actually think on their own or, or do things on their own. And that's so stifling. And I think that that um, young adults can handle that in good ways and bad ways. But I think parents have a responsibility to not poke those buttons. And it's probably going to be tough to not mm. always have a word of advice because you probably are really wise in some of the advice <laughs> you're giving. Um, but to let your kids make mistakes and, and pray for them, pray for them yeah. a lot instead of just coach them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And even just the simple things like, the micromanagement of schedules or whatever. Mm, I know that's yeah. hard for a lot of young adults to have to report every activity and every time and every coming and going and whatnot. So obviously, again, that's natural to parents because they've raised you that way and, um, you know, worry about your safety and care about you. But there probably can be some respectful boundaries there, realizing that the kids are independent now. And yeah, yeah, that's probably a tough one for a lot of young adults. Yeah. Some things I've heard from some young adults is that their parents kind of don't have their own lives mm. and their parents have kind of lived so many years kind of almost cathartically through their kids, like cheering their kids on for sports mm, or, yeah. or kind of their kids hanging out has been their friend group in a way. And so then yeah. the, the young adults move away, but then they feel like their parents still need them to be like emotionally supportive or provide their entertainment or whatever. Mm. Like their parents haven't had their own life in a sense. And so they feel almost responsible for them and they resent that to a certain mm. degree because they want their parents to just be independent and it's an interesting thing how hmm. we can almost yeah. get as parents get so invested in our kids lives that we forget to have our own friends and our own things and mm. right yeah. yeah so I think part of that's natural like I remember for my mom my brother and I both moved out the same year because I got married and he went to Sweden and so they went from going being like at all our basketball games do all our things all our high school stuff and all of a sudden bang we were gone mm. and I remember my mom and dad sitting back and thinking okay now what do we do but they did it in a healthy way like they realized yeah they were mm. super invested but it's not our kids that have to be our everything to us mm. we actually need to figure this out right mm -hmm. so what do we do with this gap yeah with this yeah. totally this different time. routine yeah and I know Bob and I'll feel that like Jessica's not playing volleyball at CBC anymore and this is Trevor's last year of hockey and a lot of our social life has been around sitting on the bleachers cheering yeah. with other parents mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's going to be these gaps right but yeah not expecting that our kids are going to continually fulfill that for us that they're yeah. going to be our friends and yeah yeah I think that's important yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in this world of helicopter parenting and stuff too, like <laughs> Bob was listening to this one uh, business coach, a real estate coach, he was talking about um, the kind of entitlement in some of the young adult generation. And he was saying that we've kind of put it on a lot of the kids because a lot of parents um, like will accompany their kids to job interviews and they'll like oh send in oh. resumes for them, <laughs> oh, like for jobs. And like he was, he was quoting stats from one employer that had like how many percentage of applications came across his desk and it was like parents sending it in for their kids. Wow. And so wow. just crazy. Like that's a crazy level of micromanaging. But yeah. Yeah. That can be completely exasperating, I would think. Yeah. I don't think kid. that's doing any favors for either the, <laughs> the parent or the kid. No. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if we can, like you talked about both of your kind of experiences of moving out 
there had pros and cons, but you attempted to kind of communicate throughout mm. it, right? What your yeah. expectations are, mm-hmm. what your boundaries are, what your guidelines, and talk that through. Mm. I think that would be the best way to honor, you know, in both both groups, right? Mm-hmm. Honor your parents as you talk through it, and as parents honoring your kids, mm-hmm. being willing to talk through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I know even for myself. It, it can hurt all of a sudden when a kid, you feel a little bit of rejection, yeah. but you have to realize, no, that's actually a natural process of them growing up. And so I have to be willing to engage yeah. in this conversation and talk it through and hear maybe critique against myself or against, or just, yeah, boundaries being set up. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I think um, Philippians 2, uh, verse 3 and 4 has been something I've been contemplating and pondering a lot over the Christmas as I've been thinking about Christ um, being incarnate, coming to earth. But it has just affected so many situations in my life over the last few weeks. And it talks about doing nothing out of selfish ambition or being conceit and valuing mm-hmm. others above yourself. And so I think both ways, like for yeah. young adults um, to to not do what they want to do out of selfish ambition, but value others, so your parents, as above yourself. And so that's going to cause you not to be maybe so embittered or passionate about your views, but vice versa for parents, like to not do things out of selfish ambition, to value your kids above yourself, like their needs and their growth and their independence. And so I think if you, um, yeah, as Christians are going to think through this verse and meditate on it, it will impact the way that you relate with your children and your parents and hopefully more people than that, but we're talking about moving out. So I think that's an applicable verse for us to think through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that in those communications, that will give you more humility and patience and a willingness to listen rather than yeah. just make yourself heard. Um, yeah, and willingness to understand where the other person's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to assume. Yeah, and to assume the best in others. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done a much better job of assuming when my mom was asking, "Where are you going?" Mm-hmm. It's because she's actually interested yeah. and not trying to squash me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Well, why don't you pray to that end, Kendra, as we end this podcast? Sure. Would you mind? I'd love to. Lord, we just thank you um, that you have created families. Um, Some families are more challenging and some are um, maybe have less obvious challenges. Um, But in your wisdom, you have given us the people uh, that you have given us. And so we are thankful for the opportunity that families are for us to sanctify, uh, to become more like Christ. God, thank you uh, that we... Um, grow as Christians. Uh, We grow as babies to adults as well. And so I pray that as um, young adults are are looking to move out and parents are um, working towards letting go some of the um, leadership and some of the direction they've had over their kids' lives, God, would you help us uh, in this transition? It is full of excitement and joy and and some very difficult challenges and anxieties. And so we just pray that um, as the families in our church walk through this transition, that parents who are lonely or feel snubbed or young adults who feel squashed um, or excited for the future, that you would just be very present uh, in these conversations and in these decisions. Help us, God, as your children to learn to communicate well with one another. And would you help us to have the mindset of Christ that we really would look to the interests of others and we would want to serve them in the way that we live our lives. So we pray this, God, uh, because it's good for us, but because it also glorifies you. Would you help us to this end? Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us.